0: Seattle, Seattle And you need to buy yourself a home We'll be right there
1: Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man.
0: <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 183 of the Ron and Don Show. We are live from the Lushwab Studios. They got their food drive going on, and we'll talk about that as we head into the holidays. Also, we got to talk about Alex Trebek, the fact he's no longer with us. Who will replace him? And I also want to tell you about the 12 people that I adopted before the pandemic started and uh, how my 12 are doing. Before we get to that though, let's get to this. COVID exploding right now around the country. Chicago talking about shutting it down. El Paso, Texas has already locked it down. The great state of Texas has said today that 80% of the people that have died in their jails weren't even convicted of a crime. It was all pre-trial. Hundreds of people now dying in Texas. And as we look around America, Things are happening in America that aren't happening in other countries. And a lot of this, they say, has to do with the fact that a lot of us have kind of abandoned shit, that we've punted on COVID. We figure out if we're young and good health, we don't have to worry about it. And as a result of that, it seems like young people are going to be heading home for the holidays. We saw this with Halloween. We'll see it with Thanksgiving. We'll see it with Christmas. We'll see it with the New Year's. And Ron, if you're an older person in America, what do you tell your parents right now? I know I told my mother when we're already preparing for this that we're going to have a Zoom call on Thanksgiving, and that's how we're going to get through this. She's a breast cancer survivor. She's 77 years old. And if she were to... Um, somehow, if she were somehow to attract COVID 19, that could be a death march for my mom. So I'm very concerned about her. I'm concerned about your dad who's had a stroke, for instance. I'm concerned about older people in America and people my age and younger not getting it and punting on COVID.
1: I'm with you a thousand percent on this. And that's the enigma of this particular virus, is you can be asymptomatic and be it's less. It's more mild than an average cold. So, like, if you're a certain age group, you can be COVID positive and feel relatively fine. Be like, well, I guess I got a little sore throat, maybe a little cough in the morning. Absolutely very few symptoms. And then you go with the same virus in the same family, with the same genetics. It can, it can cross over a couple generations, and it can be deadly. So I think we need to be more vigilant than we ever have been. And this is, I, it's hard for me to not look back when we first were introduced to dr fauci who i didn't even know existed and now it's someone that you see all the time uh, and i i can't help but think back to him i think he was Doc ta- talking to sanjay gupta at the time that i'm thinking of where he said listen we need to buckle down now this virus can be curtailed in 14 days uh, and we have the the means by which to do it if we don't heed this advice when this overlaps with cold and flu season It is going to be a nightmare uh, for health workers, for hospitals, for families, because the initial symptom set is exactly the same. And so that's where we're at. We didn't heed his advice. We got caught up into a political election season where uh, COVID-19 got weaponized by political parties. And it was used as a dividing point, a lightning rod. And now we're, we're reaping the benefits of that or the, the horrors of that where the chickens have come home to roost, whatever cliche I'm looking for right now. Uh, and that breaks my heart because I had people that I know push back against me for sort of touting this science line and, and, and turning it political. And uh, I was not trying to do that. I was trying to say, these are the experts. Dr. Fauci spent a career studying epidemiology. Why would you not listen to him? And then people go, oh, well, at first they said don't wear a mask, the other say wearing a mask. Yeah, that's how science works. (laughs) That's how science works is you have a theory, you test the theory, and then if your theory wasn't true, you change your theory. And so I'm glad to see these new stories that say wear a mask, cover your nose, it's beneficial for you and for others. And it's like, okay, well, we didn't know that at first. Now we know that I was just getting gas and I saw a guy get out of his car and then turn back around and go into his car and get his mask so he could walk from the gas pump over to pay for the gas. I was like, you know what? I never thought in my lifetime that I would see that. Because I've traveled through Asia, and you see it all the time. Uh, before COVID, you would see mask wearing on the subway, out in the grocery stores. And I was like, that's it. It's an interesting habit. It's an interesting cultural phenomenon. I didn't participate when I was in Asia. Uh, and now I'm like, I never thought I would see the day in America where it would just be commonplace for every person to put that mask on. So I, I'm with you. I talked to my folks today. Uh, They said there's a, there's a, their grocery store chain down there is called Publix. Like Publix does a a, a Thanksgiving in a box. You get all the fixings and I can order it online now and it'll be ready on Thanksgiving day. And she's like, we're going to do Thanksgiving in a box. Uh, We're just going to keep to ourselves and we'll probably just do a call. Yeah. And,
0: and, and, and this is what I want people to know it is heartbreaking for me to think of my mother whose husband passed two years ago during the holidays. On Christmas Eve, two years ago, it was my son, it was my mom, and my son would have been eight at the time, and it was myself. And we reached out for hospice, and hospice in Albuquerque, New Mexico, wasn't there uh, because of the holidays. So we were in there changing his diaper. Uh, For most of my stay, he was unconscious. Uh, he's almost a 300 pound man and a 300 pound man and a diaper in his bed who can't move. It was a lot, but also we didn't have Christmas. So my son and I went and got a Christmas tree in a box and we went into Stanley's room, grandpa's room. We set up this tree and, uh, we brought presents. This is the year that we would have gotten Charlie from Santa Claus. And we knew that Charlie would be waiting at home. Charlie's a dog, by the way. Yeah. Charlie, the dog. So, so, so this time of year for my mom is hard because this is when sure. she lost uh, her significant other. And so it breaks my heart to think that she would be alone. But think about this. And, and, and this is the things that, that her and I talk about. It's like, let's just get through this holiday season. There is some good news coming out about herd immunity and also about the vaccines. And I think my mother... Would probably be in line to get the vaccine, I would hope, before I would get it or my son would get it just because of where she's at in life. Being a 77-year-old breast cancer uh, survivor. And, and think about this. If we can survive through the holidays and just be apart, if we can do that and still find ways to connect, we can still do that. Like I have dinner with my mother on Zoom calls. She makes dinner. Gunnar and I make dinner. We pull her up on a screen and she's eating dinner and we're eating dinner and we talk like she is right there at the dinner table. And Sometimes we forget that she's not there at the dinner table. There are ways, guys, that we can connect with each other. There are ways that we can show each other how much we love each other. And if you really want to show, especially your your older parents and grandparents your aunts and your uncles, your neighbors, how much you love them, then you're going to have to stay away from them but still find ways to connect with them. And if we can get through this holiday season, they will still be around for the next holiday season. And that has to be our focus. How do I make sure the people I love, that I care about, that are in particular age categories, let's say, or health categories, where COVID-19 would take and could take their life? As we're recording this now, 242,000, a quarter of a million Americans are dead. And people will say, well, they were going to die anyway. No, they weren't. My program director, Darren Arians, is 50 years old. He wasn't supposed to die. And when you look at the science now, they say people are dying, older people, that, that would have lived 14, 15, 18 more years. So when people say, well, it would have taken their life anyway, it's just not true. So how can we do that? How can we make sure that our family members, our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, our coworkers are around for the following holiday season? It has to do with the way that we operate this
1: holiday season. And so we're saying the biggest spreader events right now are these eight to 10 person events that people feel are innocuous. They say that's the that's the key. Yeah. That's the driver. People go to a, a game night at someone's house uh, and then you get it and you take it back. And now they say that the bubbles are getting too big and are and the overlapping bubbles. You don't know who's everybody else's bubble is overlapping with. And, and you come to these common events that you think, oh, there's only going to be eight people there. That's what I've heard in the media that we can go 10 or less. And then that's where that's where we're seeing the biggest increase. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we can't punt on this. Uh, we can't eradicate this, and somehow we have to learn to live with this and to stay alive through this. And we can do that, you guys. We can do that, all right? Hey, don't go anywhere. Coming back. Alex Trebek no longer with us. You're not going to believe who some are saying should be the no, new host for that game show. And also, there's 12 people that I adopted before the pandemic. I actually lost one of those people, and I was down to 11. But I'm back up to 12 because I adopted somebody else. I'll tell you how that's going and why I did it. Coming up, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
1: When it comes to your
0: real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what Heather and Juan Carlos did. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. So now we had to sell our old house.
1: We had to sell it because we couldn't have been able to afford, you know, paying two mortgages.
0: And Ron and Don had already been thinking of strategies the whole time. They were strategizing what 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 will we do if this and what will we do if that. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the on the offer date for over asking price, we did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. And the buying process was wonderful in the selling process. It felt like we were their most important project.
1: I couldn't be happier with the experience we had.
0: We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. (laughs) We were all just jumping up and down. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
1: Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day.
0: Alright you guys, welcome back to episode 183, and don't forget, just in time for the holidays, Ron and I have a gift for you, it's our new buyer and seller guide,
1: right? Yeah, if you're thinking about your real estate journey changing in the next 6 months, 12 months, maybe you got a a marriage, maybe you got a divorce, maybe you had a baby in the the family, maybe you changed jobs, maybe you just want to move upsizing, downsizing, right-sizing, give us uh, an email, ron at windermere.com. I'll give you our free guide for buyers or a free guide for sellers. And we can follow it up uh, with a Ronadon sit-down. We're, we're doing a sit-down with Jose. This just happened. You reached out. I sent him the guide. Now we're going to do the sit-down. They hope to buy in 2021. That's how it works.
0: Yeah. So sitdown.com is the website. You can make an appointment with us. If you want one of these guides, just write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com. Uh, dot com. I know that you're more of a game show person. My mother and her late husband Stanley, big time game show people. I think your mom and dad are game show people. I remember when your dad uh, would stay at your house oh, uh, at our house. With Wheel mom. of fortune.
1: Forget about and it.
0: And he loved he loved crossword puzzles and he loved game shows. I have never been a game show person, but at the same time,
1: my dad's like, a yeah, guy. He won't he won't keep it on his inside voice. So it'll be Wheel of Fortune. There'll be uh, uh, an N up there. And he'll name the solve the puzzle. He does that. Like, everybody else is playing too. Really? Oh, he's he's really good at it. Is it because he's been doing crossword puzzles? Crossword puzzles his whole life. Yeah. They say if
0: you do crossword puzzles your whole life, that as you get older, and I think your father's what, eighty now, they say you should be pretty sharp and it helps with things like uh, dementia, Parkinson's, and stuff like that. Yeah, and anyway. then
1: the Jeopardy after that. I mean, for years and years and years, sometimes you feel really smart on a given day of Jeopardy. Sometimes you feel really dumb, or at least I do. I, I usually do well on like the high school. When they're doing high school and college, mm-hmm. I feel like I can hang with them because the questions are a little bit easier. Yeah. Sometimes on the full blown adult. Oh, the star ones when it's like Battle of the Stars. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm great on that week. I, well, you, I can you, really you t- battle on that. You week. took
0: on Ken Jennings one time and and I think I got a question. You got, I got one right. He got ten right and you got one right. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take that. I batted with the Oakland A's one time and I got a couple hits, so I'll take That's that batting practice. And he- Speaking
1: of Ken Jennings, like yeah. he they, there's actually a Vegas line on who they think the next host is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Rosie Perez is on the board. Okay. Joe Rogan is on the board. Mm. Uh and the guy from Reading Rainbow, uh LeVar, Levar Bur- Burton is Levar on Bur- the board. Is on board. And then Ken Jennings is on the board. So yeah. Ken Jennings right now is leading in the gambling odds. Mm. He's a 1 to 1, meaning that if you bet on him, you just get your money back. So you double your money. So if you bet $100, you would get $200 if he gets the job. And then the odds go up from there. Um, What is your take on this? Because LeVar Burton, who played like this geeky after Roots, he played like a geeky Star Wars or Star Trek character. I'm not into those shows much. but And then he did Reading Rainbow. So people say he's sort of known in this educational thing Mm -hmm. in his post-Roots life. And so that he seems like a natural fit. He's got a, a gregarious personality. Great. He's very telegenic. Yeah. Um, people when they handicap, uh, Rogan are like, ah comedy background. He just got paid all that money for his podcast and he does the MMA stuff. Uh, but maybe he excuse younger. You know, he's got the tattoos and the whole thing. And Rosie Perez with her White Man Can't Jump. She was on the Jeopardy in the movie. So mm. people think that would be a nice crossover. Yeah. And you got the cultural references with her. So what what what's your handicap? Well on this, this is what
0: I this is what I like. I like that African Americans and black and brown people and women are starting to be considered for jobs like this. I turned on the CMAs last night and it was really interesting to watch the CMAs because not only was there one, there was two, there was three country music awards. There was way. four African American performers Good, going all the way back to Charlie pride, all the way back to Charlie pride. Charlie pride must be in his nineties now. And my dad used to listen to Charlie pride on his eight track and his Mac truck. When we were driving around Waukegan, Illinois, delivering glass, and I used to jump in the truck with him, and he'd throw that eight track in. He had Jim Croce on an eight track. Uh, he had Henry Mancini. Wow, on an that's a good collection. Track. Yeah, and and then we had Charlie Pride on an eight track. I just
1: knew about him from the "Me and Paul" song from Willie Nelson. Yeah, he was. He's, he's not name dropped in that.
0: Yeah, Charlie Pride, really an incredible, incredible country performer. Uh, and he used to do a lot of duets. And the reason he would do duets is because he couldn't get anyone initially to listen to his music unless he was doing a duet, uh, with a white performer, uh, whether it be male or female, you know, someone like Kenny Rogers, for instance. So here's, here's, here's the thing though, you, you, you look into that country audience, and, and there wasn't one black person out in the country audience except for Darius Rucker, who is there. Hootie. Yeah, and he's a great country performer. He's not good. He is great, and country music has embraced him, and he has done very, very well. I've heard him talk,
1: show. though, where he doesn't feel or hasn't until recently felt like he could really express his true beliefs, yeah, uh, because of the political landscape that it has, in, in sort of the the perception that country music fans skew Republican and skew red states, mm-hmm. and so Darius has felt like I don't know if I can really be me in the same way that Charlie Pride felt this way. I don't know if I can really fully be me. Uh, the way I would like to, if I was, let's say in Hootie and the Blowfish, like I could, he never thought about that in Mm. Hootie and the Blowfish. He could say what he wanted to say and felt like, didn't feel like he would get, uh, pigeonholed. And now that he crossed over into country, he does, he feels like it's sort of turning the corner where he can be a little more authentic, but he still, it's in the back of his mind that he is a black man in country music and he sort of needs to, pull back on the reins sometimes when he's writing a song
0: well and it's because there's guys out there that haven't said what they feel like garth brooks for a long time wouldn't say what he felt and he was afraid of offending the label and offending fans well now through the pandemic he has a huge following on facebook and he does these monday night shows on facebook and he's a lot more forward thinking and he has taken more of
1: a stand. And, and I you think, think about like the Dixie Chicks, who at one time were one of the biggest acts in the world. Then they did an anti-George Bush song, got completely blackballed. They've come out with a new album. Not only that, to try and be sensitive to the times, they have dropped the word Dixie. Hmm. so now they're just the chicks yeah and so they're saying hey maybe we shouldn't embrace the word dixie hmm. uh when it comes to how we want to interface with with the modern world and with the black lives matter movement people laugh at them and they ridicule them and they're like come on dixie's not a bad word and you can be the dixie chicks and what are you guys doing and you're going way too far yeah. and they've said you know what? we're just not, why what's the upside why can't we just be the chicks Drop the word Dixie, and it's cost them the size of their audience, their revenue, and everything has shrunk from their apex. And in my way of looking at things, I applaud them. It's like, wow, they really took a stand. They realized it would be an impact on their business, and they did it anyway. I have a lot of respect for that. Even if I don't agree with everything they've said, or I might agree with everything they've said, uh, I find that to be really fascinating and you're right though, like to see the the jeopardy audience even considering um, you know host, having a host that might be a non-white regular talk show host guy, I think is is you' you're
0: ready for the white male answer to all this 50 years and older? Sure, and it's only white guys oh, you you don't want the best person for the job you, you mm. just want a black person. Oh, you don't want the best person for a job. You just want a woman. Oh, you don't want the best person for a job. Uh, You just are kowtowing uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement. I saw somebody put something up on Facebook the other day, and it was brilliant. It was a picture of all the vice presidents, all of them. And they were all white men. And they were all white older men, all of them. And then boom. You see our new vice president elect. And guess what? I don't want her just because she's black. I don't want her just because she's a woman. I want her because she's black, because she's a woman, and she will kick her at that job. She will be great at that job. She deserves to have that job. And when you look at what she did as a prosecutor, she is absolutely uh perfection when it comes to the vice presidency and maybe the presidency someday so i yeah i don't think it's just middle-aged white guys that should be considered for the presidency or the vice presidency uh i love the fact and coming back to this that black and brown people are being considered for a game show like jeopardy and they're Burton, being considered because yeah. Darius rucker he was hosting he was hosting. He was one of the hosts of the CMAs last night. I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was powerful. And I bet there's people out there that have a problem with it. And that's just too bad because history is moving and country music and television shows like Jeopardy in the United States of America. When it comes to our politics, we have to decide if we're going to move with it. I'll yeah. give you the final set. No,
1: I think LeVar Burton would be a fantastic choice. Um, I think there's just an affinity for the Jeopardy audience for Ken Jennings. And I follow him on Twitter. He's a really great follow. He's a very funny guy as well. So I think he'd have that witty repartee and he wouldn't make it about himself. And he has a real reverence for Alex Trebek, who all the stories that came in when he died just said he was a decent human being. The one story I remember is uh, a guy that said, I was on a plane ride with my son, we watched Jeopardy every night. Alex Trebek got on the plane, and my son kept staring at him, kept staring at him, and I was trying to have him not stare at him. He said Alex Trebek saw that, and as we de-boarded the plane, he handed him a book. He had a, Alex happened to have an extra copy of the book that he wrote, and um, he said, what's your son's name? And he, he personalized the book on the inside, and they said it's still a treasured. Uh, memento that they have in their house so just story after story
0: yeah he signed an autograph for one of my friends and he signed the autograph it who is Alex Trebek I love that so we will miss him and again if it's Ken Jennings congratulations to him if he gets the gig I'm just glad to see black brown people women being considered for these jobs you guys it is so so important so important Anyway. Hey, we come back. Before the pandemic started, I adopted 12 people. I'll tell you why on the other side of this. Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, it's uh, the Ron and Don Show rolling on. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. And Ron, they got their, they got their food drive going on right now and this is something where we can socially distance at the same time, we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is Cause Radio, and we love this cause that Les Schwab does every year.
1: Absolutely. It's easy to sort of get very insular right now if you're staying home and you're sort of sheltering in place, in a sense, with uh, the COVID virus. And just remember, there are still a lot of people struggling and that are food insecure. So uh, if you're out and about, if you're going to do that free uh, pre-trip safety check, uh, grab some canned food items, the good ones, we don't need sauerkraut and lima beans like some good canned foods. Take them to your local Les Schwab. You don't even need to get out of your car. They will come out and uh, take that from you. And just just remember that, that there's a lot of people that are food insecure uh, that are our neighbors right now that could really, really use our help.
0: Yeah. And this is really important. I went with my friend Colby uh, last week and he does a food run uh, for the school where my son attends. And he goes to a local food bank. He collects the food. They take it back to the school and then they hand it out uh, to families, to parents, to kiddos, all that stuff. And they do it in a real discreet fashion. In fact, on Thursdays, they'll take that food and stuff it into a child's backpack, and then the child just backpacks that food home. Uh, it was kind of heartbreaking because I was talking to, to him this morning, and I was like, hey, can I go on the the food run with you? And he said, the 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 place is, is closed. And I said, why is it closed? And he said, somebody working there, Uh, They found out had COVID-19. Now they're doing contract tracing and trying to figure out who has COVID uh, because they want to make sure that people that are there handing out the food are doing it in a healthy fashion. So then I started to think about, wow, what about all those families that are paycheck to paycheck or government check to government check that need that food today, that were depending on that food today? And hey, you guys, I tell you what, the haves and have nots in this country, there is a deep deep divide. And there are so many people right now that are in crisis. And that's why what Les Schwab is doing this year, this may be the most important year that they've ever done this. This may be the most important year. So as you're out buying food, even if you you don't need a free pre trip safety check, even if you don't need your your tires balanced or any, any of that, maybe buy something for a deserving family. Drop it off at one of their 85 locations. Go to Les Schwab.com. They're in all our neighborhoods. And you can just stop by, socially distance, drop the food off. And then what they do is they take that food and they give it to over 300 food banks throughout the state. You may be buying food from somebody over in Spokane right now, which is really a beautiful thing to do during the holidays. So I know all of us right now are searching for purpose. Les Schwab uh, are great partners of the Ron and Don show. They've always been for well over a decade now. And uh, I just want to encourage you to stop by and drop off, uh, drop off some food this holiday season. And then right after that, boom, we're going to move right into the toy drive uh, with Les Schwab, too. So I'm excited about that. When this pandemic started, uh, I began to think about isolation. And I began to think about the isolation that I would go through and that my son would go through, that my mother would go through, uh, that people that I know. I have three people in my life. Uh, or I had three people in my life. I had terminal cancer. Uh, my friend Jim that lives down in Olympia, Olympia firefighter, stage four cancer. Uh, my friend Emily, um, who lived next door, and she passed away a number of weeks ago, and I shared that story with you. Uh, she had terminal cancer, uh, lung cancer, and we lost Emily. Uh, and then also our friend Gary, our very, very good friend Gary, and we shared Gary's story before. Uh, he got Ron and I into long-distance cycling. So those are some of the people that I adopted. And since I lost Emily, I've now adopted Kevin, her husband. So uh, he's on my 12, my my list of 12. And the reason I came up with 12 is my son really enjoys reading the Bible. He likes stories about Jesus. Uh, And so we decided together that we would just adopt 12 people and did this with my mom too. And I'm telling you, I am telling you, we have stayed with it. We have stayed connected to our twelve. Uh, two police officers uh, that I try to help mentor, and they mentor me. They're part of my twelve. And Ron, you and I were on a, a Zoom call with one of them. I think it was just last week.
1: Feels like I was giving out bad advice, but uh, hopefully it helped.
0: <laughs> when you have <want> bad advice,
1: <laughs> turn to me.
0: Yeah, and these are these are young black officers that are in their twenties. And think about what they are going through. These young men and young families, and one just had a baby. And they've been on the front lines of the Black Lives Matter movement. One of them was there the night uh, that the woman was killed on I-5. He was on I-5 too with, in, in his riot gear. So, so you think about what they have gone through, what they're going through.
1: So let me ask you, because I think a lot of people, and me included, are thinking, it's okay, when Don says he adopted 12 people, what does that mean? Like yeah. on a day-to-day, week-to-week level, what does it mean? Are you they hit, calling 12 they, people they every day? From,
0: they hear from me somehow every week. Every Once single, a week. Once a week, they hear it from me. And all right, I, so
1: it could be a text message, a phone call, an email, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's all those things, it's, and it's always something different. And it may be a Zoom call. Uh, it may be having dinner with them on Zoom. It may be sending them something in mail in the mail, just letting them know that I that I'm thinking of you. And what it has done for for my son and I is it has given us a real sense of purpose. Because these are people. These are folks. These are the ones that we are looking after. And what's been really cool to see is some of them now have gone out and they've adopted other people during the pandemic. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, it doesn't have to be 12. It could be just your neighbor across the street. But really take some time if you're feeling isolated. Because I know I have surely felt isolated during this time. Uh, I, I don't go to my gym. My my gym, we're standing in my gym right now. This is, this is my gym. This is where I work out in this room. I miss that gym, right? Uh, I stopped running at Discovery Park because I was scaring the heck out of people when I wasn't wearing a mask. And now that the weather has turned, I'll go back and run in the park because there won't be people out uh, in rainstorms like this. But, but those things, for me, going to the gym and going to Discovery Park, those were the real drivers for my soul. Uh, and that's what made me feel connected uh, to my life. And, and not having those things or trying to figure out how can I do these things differently. And I know that we've all done that and we've all gone through that. Uh, at the same time, didn't give me enough of a sense of purpose. But adopting people, being with them. And, and then it, it, it's scary to love cancer patients. It is very, very scary because at some point with a cancer patient, they know that they're going to pass and they probably know how they're going to pass. And chances are they may pass before you do. Uh, And that is a scary proposition. I remember standing on my balcony two weeks ago and talking to Emily for the last time. My son and I were standing on our balcony talking to Emily for the last time and she was out uh, on her balcony. And her and I both knew that we were saying goodbye to each other. Uh, for the final time and was able to let her know that I loved her and that I cared about her. And I'm just so glad that I got to be a part of her life during this pandemic and during COVID-19. So if you're struggling with loneliness, if you feel isolated, if you have lost your job, if you feel like you've lost your way a little bit, I just want to encourage you to look towards others, look toward other people and don't take on too much but just giving a little bit of yourself, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an unexpected text message, whether it's a card in the mail, whether it's us knocking on your door, because we're going to come around and play the Christmas trumpet for people in our neighborhood this year. We've been practicing some Christmas songs, so I'm pumped about that. It will give you a lift. It will help you when you turn towards other people and you help others and you serve others. So I just want to encourage you encourage you to do that all right anyway that's episode 183 i'll give you the final say as uh, we head towards home live from the les Schwab studios
1: uh did i get kicked out of the 12
0: i talk to you every freaking day yeah i don't miss you at all you are not missed
1: and that's the final <laughs> word <laughs>
0: Hey, you guys, you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. Go find your 12 or your 3 or your 1 or your 17 or whatever that is, all right? Keep socially distancing. Keep those masks on. Keep loving one another from a distance. And let's get through this holiday together so that we'll see each other next year during the holidays. With our masks off, our hearts full, and some big, big hugs. I'm a hugger, man, and I miss those hugs. Alright, we'll see you next time for episode 184 only on the Run and Dawn Radio Network.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Run and Dawn show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>